This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Michael here with you, and uh, in the studio today is our brand new Director of Children's Ministry, Mrs. Tammy White. Tammy, welcome. Thank you, Michael. It's so good to have you here. All right, so our listeners, uh, if you are a part of Village Church, you know that we have a new children's director. She's roaming the halls. She's taking care of your kids. She's cleaning dirty diapers. But let's get to know her a little bit before we get to this morning's questions. Tammy, your Enneagram is a one. Tell me about what that means (laughs) for your life. For example, do ones generally like spur of the moment, like, hey, jump into the studio and let's record? Absolutely not. (laughs) So I am being stretched today for sure. I love it. But uh, yeah, no, planning, love it. Being prepared, love it. Being organized, love it. (laughs) That's right. I'm a seven, which means, hey, guys, you want to go have a party today? It's going to be great. Let's just throw all of our plans out the window and try something new. So uh, I said to Tammy about a half hour ago, I said, hey, you want to jump into the Q&A podcast with us this morning? And she looks at me with like, "Um, it's going to be great, though. So, Tammy, uh, how long have you been on staff at Village Church now? I have been officially on staff for one week. Oh, my goodness. What have you learned about Village (laughs) Church In one week, it could be good, it could be bad, it could be bright, it could be dark. (laughs) You know, what I love is the community and the support. Mm. I have never seen a church that actively is so engaged and involved at all levels and so supportive. And uh, I have been overwhelmed by that love and support. That's awesome. Um, So far, she says nobody has said anything inappropriate to her or confronted (laughs) her or anything of the sort. So that's exciting. That's really really good. All right. So, Tammy, we're going to jump into this question. And I'm going to read you the question. And then the person asking this has given us quite a bit of context. So then I'm going to read her context. And then you can kind of just give us some uh, wisdom from how many kids do you have? Three. Three three kids, one about to be married. How, yes. What are the ages of all your children, by the way? So my oldest is 22. Then I have a 20-year-old and an 18-year-old. So you're bored. That's what I hear. Good. All right. <laughs> all right. Here's the question. How do you handle parenting in an unequally yoked marriage? And then the person writes on, for instance, in making a decision on what your kids can or cannot watch, say or do when you think biblically they shouldn't and your spouse doesn't agree? How do you parent biblically in that situation without creating an incredible fight between you and your spouse? So some um, wife sits down with you and she's got a husband who's not a believer and obviously their values are just, uh, they're at odds with each other and, and nowhere is this played out more than with their kids. Like where do you even begin to counsel this person? Well, the foundation of every relationship is love. And so that is what drives us to our responses. And so because I love my kids and I love my husband, but I don't love what's happening, therein lies the conflict. Hmm. But really, it is not as big of a conflict as we think. Ultimately, how do we show love? We're going to show love by respecting our husband. We are not going to be able to control his values. We're not going to be able to argue loud enough or soft enough to encourage him one way or another necessarily. So you're saying that wives can't change their husbands? 
No, they cannot. <laughs> they cannot. Pac- many a wife have tried. <laughs> right. And many a wife have failed. Right. Many an anagram ones have tried to change their husbands and right. failed. <laughs> and, and this is the challenge because yeah. you want to be the best mom yeah. and you're very protective of your children and you love them deeply. And so it's really a greater battle here. And that is uh, really a spiritual battle. So the only way to conquer that is through prayer. Mm. So my recommendation would be have the conversations in a loving way, not trying to give an ultimatum, but saying, this is what I would prefer. This is why I feel this way, but without expectation. And then get on your knees in prayer and ask God to move in hearts. And if that spouse is not in a place where they are uh, receptive, you can't control that again. But you can pray for God's protection over your children. And you can pray that in, let's say they're watching again something that you feel is harmful. You can pray that God would open their eyes and use this experience for them to see him and not desire to even watch that themselves. To me, it's interesting because tell me if you'd agree with this. Mm -hmm. I don't even know if this is necessarily a Christian, non-Christian thing. It's a value thing. So, for example... um, Game of Thrones. I can talk right. to a couple Christian people who will say, yeah, we watch Game of Thrones and whatever. And then some are like, how could you even do that? There's nudity. Like, mm-hmm. even in the Christian community, you have a divergence of values that clash, you know? So mm-hmm. you could be sitting with a Christian couple and the dad and the mom have different media values, cell phone values. I mean, right. the list could just go on and on and on and on. And so I think one of the things that you touched on that I want to double click on is is this idea of respect and not mandating. I don't remember exactly how you said it, but that was like the vibe that right. that you had said. And uh, I think too many people are prone to mandate. Yes. No, they will not. Under my roof, they will not. Well, you got to negotiate with this person. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, yes. Like, again, Christian or non-Christian. Exactly. The art of negotiation is a beautiful thing Mm -hmm. and when you have two divergent values. So double click on like, what does it mean to to negotiate and not mandate? Well, again, it's humbling yourself and not putting your uh, main objective in front of your spouses. So even though you have strong feelings and may have strong opinions, you're deferring to what their opinion is. And then being able to skillfully talk through that by asking them questions. Maybe like, you know, well, would it really be a bad idea if they didn't watch this? Mm. Would that really upset you if Mm. they didn't watch this? There's a lot of skill here because you have to know your spouse and how they respond. But globally, broadly speaking, it's really just asking them questions and saying, you know, I love you. And if you feel this is really profitable for our children, then I'm going to trust your wisdom in this. Mm. And then go pray really fast. <laughs> yeah, like a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I think men, by and large, I'm speaking as a dude, as I interact with m- many men and navigate their marriages, men do not like to be told what to do. As I learn about mm. humanity, mm-hmm. nobody likes to be told what to do. Right. But like some men have a unique, like, just pride mechanism inside of them Mm -hmm. that does not want to be mandated particularly by their wife. And that might be some patriarchal weird views they had growing up. Mm -hmm. So I think the art of negotiation in there and of listening and asking questions and being optimistic is, is essential, 
especially if you're working with somebody who's not a believer. Yes. I find I find that when people make this a spiritual issue rather than just I, I, a love issue, like I love what you said about the love. Like we both love our children. Mm-hmm. We both want the best for our children. Mm-hmm. Maybe even beyond like our values, like what is best for our children? I, I just I love how you articulated that earlier. And and if you think that this is the best for our children, then okay, and then go pray. Right. <laughs> I thought that was right. That was hilarious. So let's take this principle and go in a little bit different direction. Let's go to the issue of like a cell phone. So for example, my 10-year-old is begging me for a cell phone. And my answer is no, no, no. And the answer will not be yes until you have a car that you've helped pay for and a job so that you can pay for your phone and pay for the... (laughs) Pay for the monthly bill, right? Right. Um, I'm like my father being regurgitated <laughs> to myself <laughs> right now. But what if my wife said, no, she needs a phone. Her friends are on her phone and she is insistent. Again, kind of take out the Christian, non-Christian for a moment. This is mm-hmm. just about values. So what 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 is just some basic advice that you would give to the more conservative parent, the one who is saying no, trying to spare them from more stuff sooner. Because the more the liberal, the parent, they're like, yeah, sure, yeah, sure, yeah, sure. Like that's the default. Yeah, that sounds good. That's everybody else is doing it. But there's always like the conservative voice in the home who's a little bit more reserved. Talk to the conservative mom or dad. Well, again, remember this is not about control, which a lot of times because we love our kids so deeply, we tend to want to control everything, overprotect in every way. So if it's not about control, it needs to be more about the conversation. Mm. So instead of mandating exactly what you believe you want, and it may be very valuable, very wise, profitable for the child, but have the conversation with the spouse So go through the questions again. Anytime you're having a conversation, there's more questions than it being about what you want. You can eventually talk about how you value them not having the phone and what that means. Mm. But first, you must defer to them and why they feel strongly about it. Or maybe they don't feel strongly about it. They don't see what the big deal is. Mm. So that's really important to understand their point of view so that you know how to work together. This should never, ever be a single parenting moment. If you have a spouse, you're a partner. Christian or non-Christian. Christian or non-Christian, you are a partner. You're working together for unity. And at the end, it may not be ending up exactly where you would do it if it was your sole decision. But at the end, you will be unified in spirit. And the more and more you practice this, the more unified you will be and more in alignment Mm. you may be. Can I ask you a personal question? Sure. All right. So if there's one thing I know about you and your husband, James, you're both strong-willed. Yes. So, (laughs) And I'm guessing you have some strong-willed children. Yes. So let's go back in time. It's year one of marriage. How, how did how did your wills conflict? Here's the, here's the reason I'm asking this, not because I'm just like, oh, let's put it on the spot and talk about, <laughs> you know, something, whatever. But you're giving advice uh, as a strong-willed person mm-hmm. who has strong opinions, mm-hmm. married to a strong-willed man who has strong opinions. And the nature of kind of probably the way you're wired, and my wife and I are wired this way too, is 
no, this is the right way. You don't have to think about it long and hard. It's like, no, this is the right way, you know? Right. And, but you're also married to somebody who would say, no, this is the right way. Mm-hmm. No, but this is the right way. And you're both leaders. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know what I mean? And, and again, so tell me, like, go back in time. Is this whole art of conversation and asking questions and teamwork, was that always natural for you? Or is that like a fight you had to get to? Because it sounds to me like you're giving wisdom out of years of experience. Yes. You're not just like pulling stuff out of your rear saying, right. well, I have an idea. Why don't you talk about it? You're like, <laughs> there's like actual like depth to what you're saying of personal experience, I'm guessing. Yes, absolutely. In our first years of marriage, and, and I have to say, we are still mastering this. We're not, you know, we have not arrived. Oh, just watch my marriage and you'll <laughs> Sarcasm, yeah. sarcasm, sarcasm. Uh, Some people don't know me and they're like, he jokes. <laughs> Is he joking? Is he serious? I right, carry on. Yeah. We both have a lot of passion and we feel very strongly about what we believe. And so that dynamic can be very interesting. We don't feel animosity toward one another, but yet if anybody were observing our conversation, they might think differently because we're speaking very directly about what we think. Now, through years of life and experiences We have been able to refine that. But at the core of that, even in the ugliest stages of learning how to navigate this, uh, from the very beginning, we were having conversation. And that conversation looked different at different stages. (laughs) Some conversations were louder. Right. Some were quieter. And a lot of times, (laughs) now that, you know, we're older, we actually recognize when we have been a little bit coming across too strong. And so uh, where before we were a little oblivious to that and we've had to apologize to one another. But the key is not really about being the perfect parent or the perfect spouse. The key is about loving your spouse and figuring out how to connect and always having conversations, even the difficult ones. Hmm. Don't shy away from that. Because a lot of things can happen when we don't have those conversations. So if I could give my final word, it's interesting that when I watch parents navigate value differences, Mm -hmm. usually the Christian parent, especially if it's a Christian, non-Christian relationship, they feel the need to win Mm -hmm. because if they don't win their tactic or their thing with the kid, then the kid's life is going to be over if they watch that TV show or sure. able to read that book or go to that, hang out with those kids or whatever. Right. So there's there's a tension because oftentimes the mama bear instinct to win mm-hmm. so that your kids are protected mm-hmm. ends up leaving your marriage in shambles. Right. And so the highest value in terms of outcome is not winning. Correct. Uh, It is collaborating with your husband and compromising. Now, if you can compromise and get everything you want, (laughs) even better. Right. Way to go you, right? But there, there is a challenge. And I just find this with most mama bears. And then in this culture, especially with younger dads, they don't feel that they can disagree with their wives mm-hmm. about the kids. Mm-hmm. And um, even though I, I really do, as I listen to a lot of the dads, I think they have a l- sometimes a lot better insight into yes. some details. Not all, because there are always ridiculous dads and there's ridiculous moms too, you know? Right. I really do find that there are a lot of dads who feel they can't really win. Mm-hmm. They have to always concede. It's almost like 
uh, this is a terrible analogy, but I feel like it plays itself out into parenting in the Christian homes a lot, mm-hmm. which is when you think about like the abortion debate, right. well, it's a woman's body. It's her choice. She always has the preeminence of decisions. But when it comes to children, it's her. It, it's almost her kids. She has the preeminence of decisions. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because I think subtly mm-hmm. we can buy into this. Mm-hmm. And if you lose the dude in the process, you've lost something. Right. And, and how do you figure out how not to buy into these cultural notions? Well, I'm the mother. You don't know what you're talking about. You're just a dad. You're, you know, how do you not play into that? And how do you win with your husband? Um, that to me, I think is that therein is the tension because whenever you win something, some, something else is losing. If you win right. and you get your way with the kids, okay, then there's a marital problem. You get your way with your, you know, if you and your husband are on the same page, mm-hmm. but you have to compromise in a bad way with your kids, then that, you know, uh, but at the end of the day, like, I don't want to lose my husband or my wife, and I don't want right. to lose my kids. And I think sometimes the fight is just for the kids at whatever cost to the marriage. Right. And that that's something I would love to see in the Christian community, especially, change mm-hmm. quite a bit because so many marriages are being lost to the kids. Mm-hmm. In context of making decisions for our children about cell phone usage or whether to or to not watch a certain movie. Uh, In those instances, once you have worked through the conversations together and you've come to an agreement, in the end, if you are still surrendering some things that you believe are not exactly 100% the way you would do things and you feel that this movie that you've agreed to allow the kids to watch is going to happen. And that is where you release that. And that is where you pray that God would use this as an opportunity for good because God can totally work through the impossible situations. Mm. And your child might get in that movie and their eyes would be open and say, you know, I really don't like this. I don't want to watch that movie. Mm. God is at work in all of these situations, and it doesn't always look and have to look pretty and collected. Oftentimes, parenting is very messy, but it's in those messy situations where God can do his greatest work. Yep. We didn't even talk about, as again, to high school and college years, drinking, sex, all that kind of stuff. Right. The repercussions get... Mm. grander and grander the Mm -hmm. older the kids you know Mm -hmm. get so all right let's come back and we're going to do one more question with mrs tammy white and by the way i'm so glad you're here um everybody in the world likes you it's great it's so fun isn't it fun to be liked? it's It's wonderful to be liked i wish i I knew (laughs) i wish i knew Uh, all right so here's the next question how do i love my enemy when they have abused me we will see you next time 